dispensing cannabis business knowledge beyond a million square feet of cultivation space. CannabisRadio.com proudly presents Blunt Business, harvested by Strainwise Consulting. Together, we will navigate the challenges and opportunities of one of the most profitable industries on earth. Join us each episode to hear our weekly roundtables and interviews with industry professionals. Now, let's delve into some blunt business with your host. And thank you again for joining us here on Blunt Business. I know a lot of us are still reeling through the effects of the COVID-19 pandemic as we record this episode today. Uh, original record date is uh, April 9th. So for those of you listening, this will only going to be a couple weeks ahead, but you're going to know that, you know, even after, well after we record this episode, that we already know and what we've been talking about in the last couple episodes of Blunt Business has been, in a business sense, obviously a pandemic has been a crisis. But what has been for the cannabis industry has been a major disruption. Now, we've learned a lot so far about the fact that with cannabis uh, dispensaries being able to be essential businesses, that has helped to benefit. The one thing that's been the biggest change has been the supply chain. Has really been, you know, trying to get all the employees to make sure, number one, prioritize to make sure all employees are safe, they're healthy, and they're able to go ahead and do what they can to be able to safely be able to make it to work and be able to go ahead and help continue the industry, keep it growing and thriving. I know there's been a lot of issues we've talked about on the financial end. Right now, we're going to talk about the delivery end because this, I think, is very important. And my next guest actually got a chance to talk to at the last physical conference we had to go to at Benzinga, the Cannabis Capital Conference in Miami, back in February. And we had a great discussion in, but man, times have changed immediately since we last talked. Let me tell you what it is. My next guest is an accomplished transportation and payment technology executive with extensive public company experience and a profound track record of generating sustainable, rapid growth. CEO of Driven Deliveries, the country's first publicly traded cannabis e-tailer, e-retailer, excuse me, and logistics company. Christian Schenk joins me here on Blood Business. Christian, thanks for coming on. Yeah, thanks for including us. Appreciate the intro. Excited um, to, uh, to to talk about the the current times. Exactly. And just to give you the heads up, I'll make sure for everybody to know that in the show description, we'll make sure to go ahead and link listeners to the original conversation we had at Benzingo. We had a nice little about 15, 20 minute conversation at that time. But we had so much more to talk about. We were going to plan to bring Christian on nevertheless. But here we are. Um, so much has happened. We got to go and figure out what's going on now. And just get from your perspective, obviously, in California, this is where I think, and I'm just going to preface this before my first question, Christian, and please feel free to go and retort. I think this is the time where when people were looking at delivery, because we're looking at contactless delivery through all different aspects of all together, contactless delivery and a lot of things being taken out. So the person-to-person experience of going to the dispensary to go and getting, you know, cannabis is not... The, the, people are going to feel, first of all, they can't do that at the moment. But then again, after this pandemic subsides, will that be something will people will be accustomed to doing again? So delivery is now going to be much more, I think, a viable option. What do you say? Yeah, I think a great comments. Uh, we see the same thing. Uh, you know, at Driven, you know, I don't think we're um, naive enough to think that the volume will continue to be as aggressive as it has been here as, you know, all cannabis consumers are really forced to either do curbside pickup or delivery. And, you know, from our viewpoint, um, we do see most likely a disproportionate amount of those who have been willing to leave the house to go and, you know, navigate the the crowded dispensaries are going to continue to 
leverage the convenience of online shopping and home delivery. Uh, we also anticipate that while you know some of the social distancing um, you know parameters that are put in place at state and both regional governments that it's likely that many of those um, orders will stay in place and will be definitely thought of socially from a you know from a community perspective people are just going to want to avoid crowds for the next little while it's not going to be a switch that flips back on and all of a sudden business is normal so uh, I do believe that the consumer's behaviors have changed. Uh, I also believe that given the significant increase we've had in new customer signups and new customer orders, that it's highly likely that those consumers are going to continue to buy online. Well, I want to talk about those increases in just a minute, but I want to go to ask you first. There's a story from Freightways. Uh, com that actually reported that vertical integration is helping boost business for an online cannabis shopping and delivery company as the coronavirus pandemic simultaneously up and supply chains and fuels a boom in marijuana sales. And while Driven didn't see the pandemic coming, uh, you make mention of, quote, we're lucky we made the investments. Having control of that supply chain is what is allowing us to operate. So talk to me about the measures that you've already done. Proactive measures is what I really appreciate. That's something I like as, as part of work ethic, especially if a company is proactive, I think it's very important. Talk to me about the measures that help Driven to keep supply and demand under control. Yeah, uh, great question. The, the opportunity that we saw was really speared into three different areas. First one was technology. Um, within supply chain, you need to have good degree of visibility to not just um, historical purchases and sell through, but also current inventory levels and forecasting. Um, at Driven, we have a completely um, des designed in-house and manufactured in-house technology stack that allows us to manage everything from the compliance side of inbound products, including you know metric compliance at the state level, right through to you know customer signatures at delivery. And so, having that end-to-end -end platform for transparency and um, also for continuity of operations has given us a significant advantage in making sure that we have the right amount of product on hand to service the customers. And we have a disproportionate amount of analysis and analytics that tell us, you know, at a predictive level, what are we going to need to buy, you know, on Monday versus Tuesday versus Wednesday. Additionally, number two was we put in place some pretty aggressive operating parameters that saw the business um, processing inventory reorders at a rate of three or four days. So we order on Mondays and Thursdays, which is very unique. And as you could imagine, right. um, we're really trying to get to the same perspective that many of the mainstream logistics providers, such as Amazon and, you know, Walmarts and these, you know, major operators in the, in the normal retail world um, operate is a just in time logistics infrastructure. So trying to avoid the two weeks of inventory that's going to sit inside the fulfillment centers that are going to you know, slowly dwindle down. And by doing that, we've been able to keep pulse on, you know, uh, potential risks within supply chain, both from, you know, uh, distributors who have had to cease operations based on staffing issues or just pure licensing issues and not being deemed essential service. Um, and by having that, we've been able to really kind of circumvent that. So as, you know, one provider, you know, may run into an operating issue, we replace it with another. And so our menu has been intact and our customers have been able to continue to purchase high quality licensed products from us without any, you know, dip in, in operations. 
And that's and then, funny where you uh, say that because the, the predecessor who was CEO before you uh, made mention of the fact that in the interview I had with him last year was the issue of making sure to try to keep keep the inventory fresh and to not have anything spoil or perish. Yep, exactly. So we have a very unique technology stack that allows us to essentially we have you know hundreds of drivers that are traveling through the state of California. And customers are shopping inventory that is readily available inside those mobile coolers, which are inside the vehicle. So yeah. we're, they're shopping for product that's near them and that will meet their expectations within our 90 minute delivery window. We're not showing them inventory that might be sitting in a hub, you know, two hours from their location that once they select and buy it, they're gonna get a, you know, a message saying, sorry, we're out of stock, do you want something else? So for us, it's been about meeting the customer commitments and making sure that we have transparency and continuity right from the customer experience through to the delivery. And so that's really where we've been successful. And then the third component, as I mentioned, there's three, is by managing the upstream logistics uh, components of our business internally has lended a lot of opportunity as well. Um, many distributors in the business will you know, be through an area, say once or twice, you know, maybe, maybe four to two to four times a month. And for us to be able to receive products every Monday and Thursday or place orders Monday and Thursday, we're receiving goods on a daily basis, multiple times a day. And so we've had to now supplement our own distribution legs. So being able to handle distribution between our own facilities um, throughout the state so that we're able to maintain that just in time window. So it's been a good combination of, you know, really technology operations and then ultimately making sure we had the licensing and staffing in place to, to hold that entire supply chain intact. That's a very good plan. I mean, I can just imagine if people try to get their minds around it, I mean, even for, for me to get delivery for something like cannabis, you know, it's not like we're getting 1-800 flowers over here or something like that, where you're getting a ship the way it's, it's delivery is in delivery sense. And, you know, the inventory is specifically for that kind of mobile inventory so that people are delivering and they're getting what they want. It's not just coming from a dispensary. I like the way you have that all put up. Let's talk about the numbers there, Christian. So over the past few weeks, Driven has experienced a greater than 100% increase in sales with an 89% increase in new customer signups. And also we mentioned the preface, edibles and beverages favored by those who are new to weed are also doing especially brisk business. Now, Benzinga recently wrote that while no one while no one views the global pandemic as a cause for celebration, and we there certainly don't, it's fair to assume that cannabis delivery companies could see a silver lining in terms of consumer adoption. You told them, quote, some people who may be used to go physically to a dispensary will now have realized that they even prefer in a normal situation to continue to use delivery services. So what are you learning for your customers now that brings you to that conclusion? What are you getting right now from the feedback right now during this time? Yeah, I, you know, I'm, you know, the way we see it is no different than mainstream, you know, online e-commerce. People have become accustomed to buying something on Amazon and with your Prime membership, it shows up at your door in two days or less. Yep. Mind you, it's a little bit different now based on capacity and, you know, demand. But, you know, the consumer audience was already going there. And if you think about um, the demographics and the life cycle of a cannabis user, at least in the state of California, you know, you're more astute or longer term, you know, cannabis users are most likely have a higher propensity to use things like flour or pre-rolls, maybe even some vapes, depending on, um, you know, their, you know, their appetite. And what we're seeing is 
um, not just, you know, increased demand across that audience who's always kind of liked the experience of going to dispensaries and experience, you know, the talk with a bud tender and, you know, getting good information and being able to like, you know, sniff a product before you buy it. We're also seeing a higher propensity for new customers signing up who are finding education and content relevant to their current lifestyle or situation, which is giving them the opportunity to make an educated decision on what to buy and ultimately getting it delivered to their home. And so as we continue to build out tools and content within our, you know, digital uh, identity, whether it's, you know, um, you know, good content on products, brands, you know, benefits, services, um, people are being able to educate themselves from home. And so uh, when we create a consumer online, it's highly likely that consumer stays online. As long as we do our job and deliver on time in a very friendly and safe manner, there's a good chance we'll keep that customer forever. And so those are our real focus is making sure that, you know, we're providing a great experience, but at the same time, you know, making sure that the experience that they're used to getting in the dispensary, we can as closely mirror that online as humanly possible. And so a lot of initiatives taking place both in the past and current day and will continue to be a big focus for Driven and our subsidiaries. Fantastic. I'm here with Driven Delivery CEO, Christian Shank here on Blunt Business. We're gonna be back with more questions. We'll talk more about the growth strategy and agenda on working on the new, on actually your company's own brands. We'll talk about that after the break. Rolling into some sponsors, but we'll be right back with more Blunt Business. Elevate your every day with that Shuggies feeling, with the sweet taste of Shuggies. Add a cup of Shuggies to your morning coffee. Ah, how sweet it is. Shuggies infuses cannabis and cane sugar to make it the perfect sweetener with benefits. Make your happy hour happier with a dunk of Shuggies in your drink. Order your Shuggies now at S-H-O-O-G-I-E-S dot com or find it in dispensaries throughout California. Whenever you crave a little sweet, pick up Shuggies, the sweet, sweet, take-anywhere treat. Let me welcome Nick Hexum from 311. We've never heard things like your music when it first came out. It's like to mix the reggae with the punk and all of that together was just such an unusual sound and, and we loved it. We realized we're not gonna copy what's on the radio. At the time it was all grunge at what that was on the radio and I said, let's just stick to what we know and wait for a culture to come around to us. Hey, it's Nick Hexum from 311, and you're listening to Cannabis Confidential with Dr. Dina on CannabisRadio.com. Hey, take a look at this. They're selling smart pots. <laughs> they have pot that can make you smart? Where is it? Not that kind of pot. Smart pots are the best aeration container to grow your plants. Check this out. This is the original fabric container for faster producing, healthier plants. They're made with a superior fabric that delivers high yields. Plus, smart pots are reusable and sustainable, so you can use them over and over again, no matter if you use them indoor or outdoor. That's very smart, but how good are they for the environment? Smart pots are BPA-free and lead-free, so you'll always be able to ensure a pure, clean grow, and they're 100% made in the U.S. Over 28 million smart pots have already been sold, so it seems like a smart investment. Look for smart pots in close to 2,000 garden centers throughout North America and ask for the original fabric container. 
Find a store near you or order yours online at smartpots.com. I hope you didn't forget about us because we're back with Blunt Business on CannabisRadio.com. We're back with the CEO of Driven Deliveries, Kristen Shank, here on Blunt Business. And thank you all for staying with us. When asked about the growth strategy, you also said this, quote, where we're going is about additional ownership of the supply chain. We're taking control of our upstream logistics. You mentioned that just before. In our current situation, you pointed out that unlike retailers and some manufacturers, cannabis distributors and contract manufacturers have not been designated as essential businesses. So different parts of the supply chain are broken. And I mentioned that with other guests we've had on the program as of late. So talk to me about how you're taking control of the upstream logistics. Can I, give me a little more into the granular on how you're taking control of upstream logistics and shoring up the supply chain. Uh, absolutely. We, we've, we've made public announcements before. The business is um, you know, in the market right now of looking into different in-house brand strategies. We'll most likely, um, as we've announced, we'll be uh, at initially focused on flower-based products um, versus you know, going into vapes and beverages and edibles right out of the gate. Um, about 45% of our business in aggregate across all the different brands, Ganja and our buddy, Mountain High um, and others is of a, is flower. So for us, there's an opportunity really twofold. One is you know, controlling that supply chain so that we can always ensure that we have adequate inventory and that we can forecast the amount of product we're going to need to fulfill our customers' demand on an ongoing basis. And this industry, um, again, a lot, of, a lot of it's based to its infancy, is doesn't have a lot of, uh, you know, tools to really forecast what, you know, what, a, what the industry is going to consume. And um, we believe we've built a pretty good tech stack that allows us to predict that. And so even just securing bulk product to make sure that our menus are always flush with inventory and our customers continue to have the options they expect will provide huge value to both ourselves and to the customers. And then, um, and lastly is there's a, you know, a financial component to this, then obviously there's a significant amount of um, gross margin that's tied up between cultivation, manufacturing, distributor, and then ultimately getting to the retail. So with us having the distribution and the retail components, we're able to buy at a pretty aggressive gross margin rate by taking it back a level again to manufacturing and then again back to cultivation will give us that additional gross margin to allow us to even you know, further fuel the business and growth and pass on savings to the consumer, which is ultimately what we're looking to do. With the current business mm-hmm. model, you're actually, would the advantage, would it be safe to say the advantage you have as a delivery company, as opposed to a dispensary, because I have heard some stories within in California where some dispensaries did run short on supply or did or ran out of supply for a short time and had to find new uh, places to go to keep the supply chain going. Yep. You can see it now. I mean, many of our competitors, depending on the market that you're searching or shopping in, you know, what used to be, you know, 100 products on the menu is 20 now. Oh, and you wow. see that disconnect happen for a few different reasons. One is... You could call it lack of predictive management to be able to understand where you're going to run into just even capacity issues based on demand. But it goes a step further in making sure that your suppliers, you know, you're proactively going through and ensuring that they can submit and can keep up with your demand and meet your logistics requirements. For us, you know, delivering twice a week, which is a tough requirement for many. 
And so by, by doing that and being proactive, we were able to find where there were weaknesses in supply chain, AKA companies that would not be designated as essential service because they didn't hold their own licenses because they were using contract manufacturing. And we were able to pretty quickly, you know, backfill those brands where needed or make sizable purchases with preferable terms to make sure that our stores are the ones that are not running out. And um, so we've seen good benefit in that. Our customers have not seen interruption in product um, or supply. So we've, we've mitigated it, but a lot of people didn't proactively do it. And, you know, they're starting to feel it. But I can also give benefit of the doubt to those other companies who would have known that we were going to go through this. But it's a matter of this is where good, this is where good uh, business comes into play to play for the rainy day to have money for the rainy day, to have a plan for the rainy day so that you can take a little bit of slack if, you know, things kind of get disrupted like it is now and to continue to go on. I think that's very important for a business to have because, again, like you said, I mean, I think people can give benefit of the doubt as a, as a customer if they're going into a grocery store now, there's obviously certain products not available or limited products in the same vein. So people are already kind of accustomed and they're, they've already, it's, it's, it's a new normal for them at the moment until things subside. So they kind of understand that, but still for those companies that were able to be forward thinking to make sure they had all their supplies in order, had, you know, stock of whatever there was, because right now, even Amazon, we're looking at, you know, there's medical supplies. If you want to look for hand sanitizer, you cannot find. You, or if yep. you can, it's only for medical supplies or hospitals. It's like, that's the issue, the situation. I mean, th- thankfully for cannabis, we don't have that issue where cannabis is not being prescribed within the doctor's office. So it's just a matter of you get the script. It's not a pharmacist that has to go and give. It's a dispenser. It's a bud tender. You get the chance to go and still get that. And it's still easier with what you're offering. Right. Yeah, no, absolutely. And, and the, the other component to planning is, you know, ensuring your capacity remains intact. It's no different than you know, Amazon or anyone else, Amazon announced they're hiring a hundred thousand, you know, people to help keep with demand. You know, we didn't, we didn't hire a hundred thousand people, but you know, in the last 20 days we've hired, call it 60 or so, you know, um, new drivers and support staff to account for not just increase in demand. That's actually probably the smallest portion of it, but the inevitable, you know, people that aren't unable to come to work because they have children that are out of school or, you know, whatever it might be. And so, having a, you know, a, a predictive lens on what the operation is going to look like. We've stayed ahead of those things and we've got some really strong, you know, leadership here um, outside of myself who are far more uh, versed in w- what that looks like. And we've made great strides in staying ahead of this. And I think it lends to why we've seen the, you know, the improvements we have. And I'll tell you what, it's a matter of, I mean, it, well, the one thing that had to be important was that California made cannabis essential. And then most importantly, and this is where, you know, mainstream society is not going to understand that you are you're also and the same thing driven is linked as a delivery company linked into the same area as being essential because, uh, you know, it's really essential, worthwhile service because you can, you said the stress of being stuck at home. If you have children, if you're dealing with a lot of things where you got to I mean, some people really think probably on the mainstream society would not have a clue. If they're stuck with a stigma in their head, they're not going to get it. But people do really need their cannabis at home to go ahead and cope and to go ahead and you know, be able to manage themselves during those trying times. Yep. You know, it's a very good point. You know, we, we've had a lot of different interactions with media over the last four weeks. And, 
you know, when we're talking to outlets that are in non-rec states, it's just foreign for them to understand. That this is yeah. Something that is, you know, so real. But if you take a step back and, you know, I'm a new resident to California, been here since November uh, on a full-time oh. basis and, you know, here for about a year, you know, part-time mm-hmm. prior to that. And it's been just a, a overwhelming education on, you know, this social acceptance of cannabis within everyday life and it's there the nostalgia is way down and the productization and professionalism of the industry is is remarkable it's some of the best cpg work i've ever seen not just in you know the cannabis space you know globally it's like cpg space as relates to any category whether it's or otherwise and so, you know, California has done a remarkable job legitimizing its business and representing the essential nature of it, the medicinal nature of it to both state um, and federal and you know, municipal governments, which is really why you see the opportunity for, um, you know, businesses like ours to thrive right now. And you could imagine a world where if for whatever reason, the government had deemed cannabis to be a non-essential service, um, what would happen? I mean, the, the state just went through a significant effort over the last several years to, you know, really call out the medicinal benefits of it. And many people rely on it um, as part of some sort of medicinal regime. But if, if something were to shut down as a result of COVID-19 or anything else for that matter, the black market would thrive again. And, you know, the, the local, you know, BCC here and state officials have done a good job of, you know, slowly but surely getting rid of that black market and to have it come back would be devastating. It would take years again to get it back. And so by, you know, keeping cannabis the essential service, which it should be, you know, they're going to mitigate that risk. They're trying to keep it smooth because on top of that, I mean, it, it benefits everyone because also on the government level, if they're able to get tax dollars to come in from some pipeline somehow, even during this situation, they're going to take it. I mean, I mean, Governor Newsom's not stupid. I can understand where you know, even he said he was looking to get more tax dollars last year from California for the cannabis industry. So if he can get that happening and honestly, if there's an uptick, as you have right now in cannabis sales, that's just more tax dollars going back to them. It's very true. It's yeah. a very tax heavy industry. But it, you know, it's reaping benefits for communities across the state. And, you know, that was the intent. And if you look at how California has managed the legalization, both on the product side, right through retail and distribution to consumers, it's, you know, it's probably the best in the world. And, and so I also and I also got to mention, yeah. Christian, in this stay-at-home situation we have right now that's still in place, you know, illicit market must be suffering right now. Yeah, I mean, it's got to be. Um, now, that said, you know, you, their ability to market has been dwindled, their ability to you know, reach consumers. Obviously, the brick and mortar thing now sticks out like a sore thumb. And um, yeah, I think. Oh, and the lack of interstate commerce, people trying to go ahead and bring it to areas like Florida and uh, and other areas out east, that can't happen right now. So I don't know how people are, if it's illicit, I don't know how people are going to get it. So they're going to have to rely on the, the legal businesses out there to get their cannabis. They can't, or they got to get their card. Yep. Yeah, we anticipate, you know, it, you know, low two digit numbers in the teens of business that we're getting right now from new consumers based on those that are buying more, call it affluent products are likely customers that have either have been competitive takeaways or from our largest competitor, the black market. 
There we go. All right, I'm here with Christian Shank, CEO of Driven Deliveries, and we're going to be back with uh, final questions after just a brief break. Stay with us, folks. Rolling into some sponsors, but we'll be right back with more Blunt Business. Oh, let the marijuana llama tell you something now. Bought a game for your phone, gonna make you say, wow! The game's about the game of growing cannabis for cash. Grow the seeds, sell the bud, put the savings in the stash. Little by little, your empire grows large. Put the big celebrities inside your entourage. You can choose to play with Snoop or me or Chichin Chong. Cypress Hill, Willie Nelson, Wiz Khalifa with a bong. The name of the game is Himping, that's the point. Download and play while you light yourself a joint. The business of cannabis should be no crime. Hemp Inc. is even hot-proofed by the man who run high times. Oh, yeah. Get it on Android and I and iOS today. Marijuana Llama out. Got to tend to me on crops, you know. Money don't make itself. Hemp Inc. Doc Rob, the concierge for better living. My guests say, Razzie Berry, we're talking about nature, naturopathic medicine, as well as the concept of prevention and preventing disease. Empower people to live a naturopathic lifestyle, get to know your body, understand its rhythms, remove toxins, and use natural alternatives whenever possible. 90 to 95% of cancers are due to environment and lifestyle risk factors. That's a huge number. That means that cancer is preventable. The Concierge for Better Living with Doc Rob. Only on CannabisRadio.com. The National Cannabis Industry Association presents the 2020 Cannabis Caucus Event Series from March 10th through March 26th. Don't miss this exclusive opportunity for NCIA members to network learn about regional issues from influential guest speakers and get the latest news about NCIA's federal policy work and emerging topics. Look for this year's only tour of Cannabis Caucus events coming to Portland, Denver, St. Louis, Detroit, Chicago, Newark, Sacramento, and Los Angeles this March. Stay connected, get informed, and take action to protect our industry and your business. Register now for your complimentary tickets at thecannabisindustry.org slash events. I hope you didn't forget about us because we're back with Blunt Business on CannabisRadio.com. We're back with Christian Shank, the CEO of Driven Deliveries. By the way, the website, for those of you who want to go and take a look for yourself, it's drvd.com, drvd.com. So the company now claims... 220,000 registered customers. And that's in the state of California alone, correct? Forecast this year to generate 500,000 plus orders from the company's 60 brands. And recently, your company required beauty. I don't know how it's beauty or beauty, but it's another... Buddy. Oh, that's really how it should work. Okay. (laughs) Another company operating on the cannabis delivery space. We already knew the delivery space was getting competitive because there's a lot of companies out there doing the same. And obviously this... This uh, pandemic is creating much more competition. What do you see the future of delivery escalating next? I mean, not just for yourselves, but do you see other states adopting delivery model finally now? Because you're going to see this is important for for people that are in states where either medical or adult use is allowed. Yeah, uh, we absolutely do see that. So, I mean, just yesterday in Canada, the province of Ontario issued um a legal order allowing dispensaries to deliver cannabis to homes which is new that was not in place 
other medicinal states um, here in America have authorized delivery where otherwise they were not able to. And so there, people are making the necessary adjustments because there is a high demand for use of the product at a medicinal level. People are using it as part of a health regime. Um, it's not just a story or, you know, a buzzword. It's a, it's a reality that many of these people depend on these products and, you know, the government and the various regulatory bodies need to maintain access to them. Otherwise, you know, the whole industry takes a step back and not just cannabis, but, you know, the medical industry as a whole. And so we see uh, increase in, you know, regulations of lacks, I should say, actually decrease in regulations to allow more states and to most likely even in rec states where timelines were, you know, scheduled out for January of next year for legalization of, of delivery, you'll see some of that stuff start to happen now. Illinois, Colorado, all, all of them will now hop on board and you'll start to see states that come online for new rec, um, will, new rec legalization will most likely do very similar to California where either delivery happens um, in parallel or it's very shortly after versus what we've seen in other states like Colorado where it's been trailing by years. I think this is the new normal and people are going to want to continue to buy online and get delivery to their homes. So one of the things that you're also working on at Driven is you're looking to go ahead and develop your own brands. So you would be cultivator and manufacturer. Now, we already talked about because of the fact you're getting increase in sales, increase in new customer signups. Virtually, you told Benzinga that virtually every aspect of the business has seen significant increases since the outbreak began. Initial spikes came as new customer signups with a significant spike in the edibles and edit beverage categories we talked about on the first segment. Now, that's typically a category for a newer user or somebody who hasn't been consuming cannabis quite as long, you said. End quote. What brought you to the ultimate decision to bring most everything in-house? And is that something you're going to be able to keep on schedule uh, to the plans that you had because this was being put together before the pandemic, correct? Yeah, no, great, great question for sure. I mean, the, the, the it's still the strategy is to continue to um, provide more and more value and more and more predictability for our customers and shareholders. So, you know, the more components of the supply chain, including manufacturing and cultivation that we can um, own in-house, the better experience we'll be able to deliver and the better financial performance we'll be able to provide our shareholders and, and the market up to and including reducing costs to end consumers. So it, it definitely part of the strategy. Will it be delayed? I think, uh, you know, the entire, you know, capital markets are delayed right now. And we, you know, certain initiatives that we had scheduled for early Q2 are most likely going to be early Q3. Um, if not later. Um, that said, that's not a byproduct of um, our ability to, you know, go execute on them. It's a byproduct of, you know, the capital markets being what they are, whether it's tied to fundraising or, you know, the uh, stock market performance and a bunch of uncertainty. For us, it's best for us to use our, our capital to, you know, grow our business organically right now that's focused in California, make sure we continue to grab as much market share here as we can as many of our providers continue to, you know, have misfires on their execution or, or strategies. And, you know, we have to, you know, put our, put our focus there. Uh, that said, once, you know, the economy and the country is back online, I would say in our economy is going to be back online a lot sooner than a lot of other industries. You know, we have a number of different initiatives we plan to execute and in, in a very timely manner. 
but things are most likely, you know, a quarter or two behind based on, you know, our internal decision to, to delay them for all the right reasons. I'll tell you the last couple of weeks I've had of interviews for the program, which spread out over a couple of weeks, but I've recorded over the last couple of days have been amazing. From the area of people having to deal with the issues with uh, point of sale and touch screens, um, you know, just kiosks, are people going to be comfortable with that in the future going uh, forward? You know, the issues of uh, where companies have had to transform to be going to uh, start producing hand sanitizer. The point we now have CBG and CBD infused hand sanitizer. We're getting all these different products. And it's really amazing how the real creativity and the real forward thinking that companies like yours are doing. So I'd like to go and lace. What can you tell us about what brands and what kind of products are you looking to go and cultivate and manufacture going forward? Yeah. So as mentioned, our initial focus is going to be centered around um, just flour, um, you know, in, in, in various quantities, eights, quarters, halves, and so on, as well as pre-rolls. And that's our, initial forte into the in-house brand space. Uh, you know, like I said, we were originally planning to have a, a launch of some of those products in early Q2. That's now gonna be towards the end of Q2 or early Q3. Uh, and a lot of that's just based on, you know, making sure we maintain supply chain. We've made commitments to our suppliers and, you know, we don't wanna break them. So we're gonna continue to offer the products that, uh, that we do today and uh, we'll be right back to, you know, making sure we have a, a good in-house brand strategy, you know, coming up here in the third quarter. The, um, the interest in some of the other categories is very real as well, but there's, a, it's a harder business to be in. Um, it's got a, a higher cost of not just manufacturing, but also distribution and packaging. And it's, it's appetizing, but it, it pales in size volume to our flower sales. I do believe there's some opportunity there. We have a lot of really great brand partners mm -hmm. in every category, um, including flour uh, and edibles and vapes and concentrates and everything else. So we we want to see everybody succeed and we're a strong believer and there's enough market to go around here and opportunity that we want to really have those that excel well and have a good product positioning that they continue to thrive and anything we can do to help them, we're going to continue to do. Um, and, and essentially that's it. But I do believe, you know, from a overall industry, it's, there's a lot coming in here and I do see those early stage categories like edibles and beverages really going to be a, a major growth component for the industry here over the next call it 180 days. Fantastic. I'll tell you so much more we could talk about Christian, but really we're going to leave it there. Thank you so much for uh, checking in with us again, CEO of Driven Deliveries. Christian Schenk here on Plum Business. Again, the website is drvd.com. And obviously, uh, delivery is available for most of the state of California, correct? It is. The 92% uh, of the state in less than 90 minutes. Fantastic. So everybody go ahead and get to that. If you're in the state of California, check it out. And let's see what happens going down the line. I can only, I can imagine other states are going to be knocking on your door or they're going to be calling you on Zoom or something like that to say, hey, you know, we need driven over in our in our state. And that could be something that could be something that comes in the future who knows you got it we'll be ready <laughs> you already got a good plan set out and you already have a good system in place so that your room for growth is always there all right so stay thank you again everybody and thank you christian for being on with us thank you listeners for being with us here on bump business and as always look for the show at cannabisrio.com where we're here each and every week 
subscribe to the podcast. Please make sure to rate and review five stars. We could really use that. Help boost the numbers up for this show because you do so much for us listening to us each and every week. It's also on Google Podcasts, Spotify, Stitcher, Spreaker, iHeartRadio. Thank you for listening and stay safe. Opinions expressed on this CannabisRadio.com program are those of the guests and hosts and do not necessarily reflect those of the staff and management of CannabisRadio.com. Any rebroadcast or redistribution without proper consent of CannabisRadio.com is prohibited.